Welcome to the Sweet Release Podcast. I'm Satsi here with Sarah, and we're also joined today by our special friend, Sean. Sean, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everybody. Um, my name is Sean Pacheco, and you might know me as a watery Aquarius on TikTok or Instagram, but I am a practicing astrologer of three years. Um, you know, got my start on astrology on Instagram before TikTok was ever a thing. Um, I used to do readings on there. And yeah, I just love helping to teach people astrology and um, also help people explore uh, their traumas and how they could use their charts to grow and evolve and um, be a better person just to understand themselves more. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. I'm, oh. I'm also from Brooklyn, New York. Grew, I was born and raised here, um, so I'm a New York City kid. You Where know, did I took you go the to, high to high school? Um, and oh, I went wow. to an all boys Catholic high school. I love the it Catholic was named to astrology Xavier pipeline. High School. <laughs> I was thinking that too. Oh yeah, the Catholic to <laughs> psychology to astrology pipeline. <laughs> That's me. Same. I know. Yeah, my I'm curious about um, how your practice of astrology <laughs> differs from Sarah's. Like, I know that Sarah does Hellenistic astrology, and I was wondering if you had a certain lineage. I don't know what you guys call it. <laughs> yeah, I would identify as a modern astrologer because I feel like I use a lot of different concepts from different systems. Um, you know, I feel like Sarah is pretty modern as well. Uh, I feel like Sarah used use a lot of modern astrology and with asteroids and, and, and stuff Are like that. Are asteroids um, modern? I would say... Yeah, they were found um, in like 1835, so that's like oh, modern. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I, I, I Hellenistic follows whole sign, you know, it uh, primarily uses whole sign houses system for the charts. Um, but I use Placidus, I use all different types, you know, look at sidereal as well at times, uh, you know, to look at the what's, energies what's of the sidereal? world in different types of ways. Um, sidereal, so astrology, astrology is basically like the, um, it doesn't take the like it's kind of difficult to explain honestly like right off the bat um but it just basically doesn't take like the precision of the ecliptic which means that like it like technically right now the sun is in aquarius but like in modern or in like astrology that's not sidereal it's in capricorn uh, because it doesn't take account of the precision but like in hellenistic times they knew that the precision would happen or they knew that the equinox would change a little bit um, so that's why, like, some people, like me and Sean, still go off of the, like, you know, the other thing. I can't even think of the word. What is sidereal? Oh, yeah, tropical. Yeah. So that's why I use the tropical, tropical. zodiac. Yeah, like the way. Yeah. And I, I, you know, you can also look at it, at least this is the simplest terms in terms of, um, you know, how I teach people. It's like tropical astrology is done according to the sun and. Uh, so astrology is done according to the stars, right? And um, all you have to know is that for uh, tropical astrology, it's just going to be 
a certain amount of degrees ahead of sidereal astrology. So like Sarah said, when it's Aquarius season, it's going to be Capricorn season in sidereal. Um, so, and also in sidereal astrology, they also look at the sun being, I mean, Saturn uh, being in Capricorn right now yeah, that instead is a of Aquarius, difference. which is yeah, a big Yeah, and the nodes are like difference. already in Scorpio or something like that. It's a little, it's really different. Um, but it's, I think it's still valid, um, personally, I think both forms are valid because you get to the same conclusion anyways. Like if you really follow the path and stuff, like down the delineation path, you would still get the same sort of like circumstances surrounding your life or, you know, like they're both very valid forms of practicing astrology. So I want to start with a banger kind of, um, I know for both of you, like an important part of this practice is like helping people. And do you think it actually helps people like to know, like, do you think it's benefiting them? I guess, I don't know. I guess it depends how you say it, but like, what if you were giving like a 12 year old a reading and you saw that like, you know, something like really horrible was going to happen? Like, do you tell them so that they can like prepare and like process it? Do you like don't not want to scare them? Like, what do you normally that's a really good question. Um, I've actually had that experience before where a high schooler um, that I knew from like a family friend and we were like having dinner together and she she knows that like I'm on TikTok and stuff and she basically asked me like, oh, can you read my chart for me? And then like I, I pulled up her chart on my phone and stuff and I was like, oh, you know what? Like I don't really want to just because I knew that there's like still so much that she had to figure out on her own and it's like not my job. Like the chart literally told me like, no. You know, like her ninth house had some stuff going on in it right now. And I was just like, it's not my time to tell you, like, you'll figure it out on your own. Like in four years, you come back to me and then we'll discuss. But and for right now, like, let's just um, have fate play it out. Um, because I feel like as astrologers, um, we kind of have to like bow down to fate and kind of like accept the free will that comes with it. If it does, because, you know, there's always like the fate versus free will debate that astrology is like always boiled down to. So it just depends. As an astrologer, you have to like really discern um, what you can tell someone and like what you can't, even though like you should always be completely honest and truthful. So, so fate, fate versus, sorry, fate versus free will. That would be like um, you learn something about yourself from your chart, and so I forget. There's like a word for that, like a psychology term. Yeah. Yeah. Determinism. What do you think? Like hindsight or, bias. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh. Well, I I know I know Sarah yeah. is a big believer in fate and destiny, right? And that things are kind of you believe in a in deterministic yeah, I'm very type stoic. of like uh, life experience, right? Okay. Yeah, and I would say I'm more of like a free will type person. Uh, because I believe in having like, there's multiple like, like versions and cells that we have in our, uh, in, in our existence, you know, the multiverse theory where, you know, you, you choose one other thing and there's always going to be, uh, another version of you who did, who did that thing that you didn't do in the past. Right. And I think like, it's, it is kind of difficult, you know, when you, when you believe in free will, especially coming from. Uh, a Catholic um, foundation of where I came from, where it's like free will and, you know, they throw around that concept. And then going into astrology where things are kind of determined in a way by the stars. 
Um, but you know, what I've come to realize is that there, how each chart expresses itself is not the same for everybody. Um, everybody is experiencing like these transits in different ways, you know, according to their chart, according to the math, uh, um, of their chart. And, um, it's, it's interesting also to think about the multiverse theory because it, it also brings me to question, like, what is the true reality and do we know true reality? You know, like when we look at a chart, does it change based on the certain timeline that we're in? You know, um, you know, like, is that how we come to know what truth is? Uh, like how is truth revealed to us by the universe, you know? So I don't know, a lot of those thoughts come up in my head um, about like free will and also like reconciling that with the idea of like destiny and fate in yeah. astrology. Yeah, I mean, do you see things in your own personal chart that have manifested, like events and things like that? Yeah, um, I know when my mom, my mom died when I was 18. Um, she had pneumonia, she had breast cancer my whole life pretty much. Um, but I remember when my mom died, there were definitely some Pluto uh, uh, aspects going on um, in the transits uh, at, the, at the time that she died. And I've also, you know, been able to, you know, recognize patterns in my chart for certain transits. Um, like, for example, every time the moon passes my Pluto and my North Node, I get like this obsessive uh, tendency to like create and like do something to mm -hmm. express myself and like put it out there to the world. Um, and yeah, so I, I yeah. do I do recognize patterns happening. For me, you know, it's whenever the moon is in Scorpio, um, which is conjunct my Chiron, like I always get like blood work done or I always see blood or something with blood <laughs> always happens during Scorpio moons. Like always. Yeah, and you know, um, it's that's also interesting to think about because I always think about, um, you know, I have like this chronic thing with myself, migraines um, that I deal with, and you know, Aries rules the head, so I'm always like looking for some Aries explanation for my migraines, but since I'm a Cancer rising, um, and uh, Aries is also a cardinal sign, I, I'll just attribute it to the square yeah, to like, my rising. I had the most my, like my astrology so, good is like what but, we call it. It's like, it's when astrology is like actually working and stuff. Um, it doesn't have to be like a good thing, but it's just like, oh, astrology works. Um, like something that happened to me was literally when Saturn was squaring my moon in my sixth house, my moon's in Taurus, which rules the throat. The sixth house has to do with health. Saturn, which is like debilitation or um, restrictions or obstacles or whatever, um, I found out that I had a thyroid disorder, literally uh, as that transit was happening. So the throat, thyroid, it's just so coincidental that like, that's why I don't really believe in free will because I think the free will that we do have comes from our mind, you know, like what we're able to think about and stuff. But even then it's like so slim. I just feel like the the concept of free will is sort of based on this binary that either we have free will or we don't and I don't think it's that simple um I mean I feel like 
it's your decisions, but it's based on karma that has ripened from like who knows how long ago. And like your decisions that you make in response to the ripening are also based off of ripening karma, you know, like if I was like born in your body and lived your life, I would do the same things you do, you know, like I don't think there's like, because I would have like grown up with your parents and like at your school and like all those things. I guess I also wonder with um, astrology and like all these forms of divination, right? I mean, there's tarot, palm reading, astrology, those are the ones that come to mind for me. Like, I guess, I guess like the main reason we use them or what, what would you say the reason is? that we use them I don't know as a collective or personally I think you know uh, looking for tools to understand ourselves but you know um, more concrete um, demonstrations of that that are more related that are more connected to like science and math um, and I think that astrology provides mm-hmm. that because it does, it does provide some kind of structure. It provides some kind of, um, you know, variables to measure and to, to also, yeah. you know, make exper- experiments on and to test and, and see how Yeah, especially because we've out, like so. been looking at the stars um, our entire life. Like our ancestors have before that they have like the stars are just there to be looked at. So, of course, we're going to form some sort of correlation with time and the stars. And, you know, time doesn't have like a mass or whatever like time doesn't hold any um physical of space in this world and i feel like us being able to kind of like quantify that and qualify that at the same time is like how astrology was just bound to happen in this um multiverse as sean would say or like in this reality (laughs) it's sort of funny like i feel like more people are interested in the study of the stars than ever before and like we can no longer see them in the sky you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, and you know, what's interesting. Another thing is on like the pop culture side of astrology. Um, you know, when people learn about their zodiac signs, they're like, Oh, I'm an Aquarius. And what does that mean about, you know, and then they leave it at that. Right. Um, but, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, but so when they look at astrology, they're looking mm-hmm. for like an identity to kind of hold on to, you know, they're the looking answer. for something to understand themselves, um, you know, and, um, then I think it gets a little bit messy and a little bit problematic when people cling on to that identity mm-hmm. to define themselves. Um, but it is a problem of not having the tools to really um, understand and manage and deal with our internal inner selves like at a, at a young age, right? Um, so I think that, um, I think that there, it, it is, it, like astrology is very helpful, but I think that it can get quite um, problematic for like developing adolescents who are still trying to define themselves and then they define themselves by these things exactly. that have and so much even nuance. if you bring like the asteroids in for example like there's millions of them you know there's just so much that we can like pinpoint but it would take literally like years to do that just because there's so much to go over or there's so much that can be learned from your chart like the moment of your birth is arguably like so important even if astrology isn't real you know 
so but the thing that you were explaining about how people like cling on to their identity yeah. or like they want something to cling on to people would even argue that that that's why astrology isn't real they call it the barnum effect and you know oh. so there's just like so much nuance to it it gets so it gets so like specialized to the extremes um but yeah what what sign and placement for you guys is like the most chilling like when someone says they have it or you see it you're like oh <laughs> I honestly don't have one. Really? Um, yeah. I know this. <laughs> I think maybe I'm just scarred and traumatized by my past, but I dated someone who had Pluto in the 12th house. Um, and they were just very, like, selfless in a way, but like very loving and very genuine, but also. A, like selfless and very like I'm just gonna do what I'm gonna do for me and I just need to like do that you look for more and um, that hurt my heart <laughs> dependency in people yeah no, I would I mean, say I so unfortunately like, the non-attachment thing definitely is like a conversation for me really um, <laughs> it kicked my ass. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, because I, I like didn't understand. I, I don't know. I just loved love and I just didn't understand boundaries. And I just and then you meet someone who believes in boundaries and doesn't want to get super intimate, doesn't want to, yeah, I mean, you know, just wants the experience, you know, it's all and then balance. it's like, you know, <laughs> for me, like, it's the Libra yeah, moon. It is like when someone tells me they have a Libra moon, I feel like sick. And I don't know, you know, I love every living being, but, like, I feel like the Libra moons I've met, like, I just, like, I feel like, I guess, I guess for me personally, and, you know, these are my, like, behaviors, but, like, gen genuity, is that a word? I get what you Genu mean. It's really important to me, like for people to be themselves, like, in relationships, especially, like, if I'm going to be close with someone that, like, we are being, like, authentic, and I feel like Libra sons, like, can't do that. Or, <laughs> I mean, Libra moons. <laughs> no, I, I mean, you know, how I would interpret it is that Libras love to engage in something they love to understand the back and forth of a certain situation you know they want to understand this person's side they want to understand this person's side they want to um they they develop and they learn through the back and forth you know and so some people define that as petty as mm. you know getting in the middle of thing meddling like starting drama gossiping um playing around playing games with people you know but that's who they are that's that's their function in, in the zodiac yeah. you know to be be that person especially who's about, like in, the exaltation in saturn know, it's like they're the lawyer at their highest manifestation at least they're able to like implement mm -hmm. law the libra mm -hmm. that's interesting what would you say your favorite placement is taurus moon <laughs> 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 oh, I was gonna say that too. I think it's just such a ground <laughs> because we both have Taurus moons, and, like it's just truly like a blessed placement to have. Um, any like really like nice moon sign, really like Cancer Moon is also like like up there for me too. Cause they're at home in the moon. 
Yeah, it's like a comforting energy or it's just like a, an energy that can like flow with it and like be steady with it and keep up with the times but not lose yourself in it as well. So even though Cancer moons can be a little bit like um, emotional or they can become like dependent on stuff as well for like their emotional self. But yeah. Yeah. As a Cancer stellium, I can't say I've ever been close with the Cancer. That's um, interesting. Yeah, they're just kind of like, um, I feel like you can get like sucked into something when it's two Cancers. Yeah, I've never been close to a Pisces. And even when I do try to get close to a Pisces, yeah. it just like unravels like so quickly. Like we go out every day. It's just not sustainable. <laughs> like it's yeah, really. I can see that. I can see that. I have. My best friends have been mostly Pisces, actually. Like, my long, long-term best friends. Um, I will say that Pisces, it's like, with me as an Aquarius, I'm very, like, you know, conceptual in my head. Um, and so when you meet a Pisces, they don't follow, like, the rules of the world, in a way. Um, and it's difficult for me to, like, live in a Pisces type of way, but I love mm -hmm. having a Pisces best friend because I love having someone who doesn't care about rules or this or that and just wants to kind of experience life. And, but I will say it is difficult because I feel like Pisces, they're, they're <laughs> like sometimes they make, they, they annoy me in a way because they, they miss details and I'm like, yeah. you need to keep up. I think up. every like, Pisces I told can you admit that they're annoying times. though. Like I've like um, come to that conclusion about myself. Like I'm going to annoy you guys probably <laughs> like soon <laughs> give it like 15 minutes my whole family is pisces actually no i love i love it yeah but i don't see it i don't really? know you've never annoyed me well actually <laughs> <laughs> i feel like you don't listen which is sort of what he was saying about pisces like i'll like say something to you and you won't listen because like i have like so much i feel like every pisces can like like get on board with this it's like there's a million things happening in our heads that we can't like categorize it so it's like constant just like chaos up in there even though like we're really just like in the void so but I do listen like I'll like keep track of it but I just like won't respond to it because I feel like it's not important or something like that um but yeah most of my friends are cancers and why because they're just chill like they don't have any problems like at least with me you know, they don't have, like, like they don't want to, like, cause any drama, it feels like. They're just kind of, like, chill with, like, whatever. Um, like, laid back, homey, comfortable. Not, like, putting too much effort into, like, unnecessary things. Like, they know where to put their efforts at because, like, a cardinal sign also. I feel like my friendship signs are Pisces, Aries, and um, Capricorn. And I only date earth signs. Not like intentionally, but that's just like how it is. Really? Oh my God, I dated a triple yeah, earth sign. But they sign. were probably very... That was not good. <laughs> yeah, that's what I love. That shit turns me on. We are? Am I not allowed to curse? I think um, we've cursed I already. I don't know, I'm asking. Yeah, probably a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I dated a Capricorn Sun, oh, Taurus, Virgo, Moon, rising. Virgo Rising. We should talk about Virgo Rising. 
I have a Virgo rising. It's it's the most common rising sign, actually, because oh, oh uh, Virgo's on the horizon for two and a half hours, and Pisces is only on the horizon for, like, an hour and 30 minutes. Oh. Mm-hmm. So Virgo's, like, the most common. Virgo and Leo are the most common That's rising cool. signs. Yeah, there's a lot of Leo risings. I love Leo risings. I wish yes. I was born 30 minutes earlier. <laughs> Just 30? Yeah, 30 minutes. Oh, no. Well, do you guys, yeah. do you believe in cusps? cusps? No. By, like, default? Because it's just, like, not no. there? Yeah, it's impossible. Just by the math, you know? Like, uh, you know, each sign takes up 30 degrees in, in the zodiac chart wheel. So once you hit number 30, you know, you're done with that when sign. When I was in high school, I one. introduced myself so. in, like, an astrology Facebook group, and I said I was a cusp, and they blocked me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, not How did you get, did you get into you. astrology? Um I got into astrology, you know, just by knowing it generally, but I really got into it once I got a birth chart reading in person by somebody. And you know, I didn't really know how much astrology could tell us about ourselves. Uh, so I went in there with, a, you know, just a, um, not 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 a lot of high expectations. And then I, I'm doing the reading and, you know, the, she's pointing out things like, oh, your parents pop up in your chart. You could look at your home life. You could look at your career. You could figure out, you know, where you might work. And um, I was super astounded. And, you know, as she was giving me the reading, Ooh, it was awesome. We went to an food. Ethiopian restaurant and... We, we were just eating uh, food and um, she like pulled out her laptop and like recorded as she went through the chart with me. So she taught she taught me, you know, how to like read a chart as well in the same reading. And at that point, I went home and I was like, I could do that. And I just started learning and started doing it for my friends. And the more I practiced and the more I looked at it with my friends, the better I got. And um, I think just in general, I'm just really good at analyzing patterns and just like understanding, you know, the psychology of people and how certain events can affect a human being. Um, and I, it's just something that interested me. Um, uh, Astrology is really such like yeah. an interesting skill to have. Yeah. Yeah, it is really interesting. Once astrology becomes like a flow, I feel like you're unstoppable because once you kind of have like certain ideas and concepts and nuances like in your head already, you can just kind of talk about it and make connections and, and make, uh, you know, um, in, infer about certain you know placements and aspects. And once that happens, I feel like that's when astrology gets fun because then you could just like have a conversation about it, just like talk about it and imagine. I feel like imagination and astrology mm-hmm, but, is, all, yeah. is, is really important like as the well mythology behind everything the archetypes uh, yeah um it's like a language it's a completely different language it's not english even though we speak it in english but it's more of like a metaphysical language yeah and sometimes i like visualize the planets in 3d and like i could visualize that their energy and their character like imagine like what Saturn's energy would like feel like 
with what's, an imagine what kind of energy Neptune planet? would have. And why? My favorite planet is Neptune, hands down. I love unreality. Like I love breaking down reality. I love understanding like what reality could be if rules didn't exist. Augmented Neptune. reality. And I feel like Neptune, Neptune provides rules that. beauty in a way, right? Uh-huh. You were saying that to me, Sarah. Yeah, Neptune is like the higher octave of Venus, some modern astrologers say. Um, because in traditional astrology, um, Pisces exalts Venus. And in modern astrology, um, Neptune rules over Pisces. So there's this like connection of unreality and just kind of like illusions and deceptions that can be beautiful. Like a distorted reality is beautiful or making your own reality and stuff like that is a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, Neptune, I would I would say that Neptune has a lot to do with beauty, especially if Neptune is on someone's ascendant, like they're gonna be beautiful. Mm. Do you have any examples? Marilyn Monroe. Oh la la. <laughs> Mm. yeah media uh, neptune is also about media mm-hmm. like celebrities neptune rules over celebrities mm-hmm. and that sort of like you know illusions things that aren't really what Illusion. they see so like magic magic tricks yeah magic tricks <laughs> and like hiding i would say hiding is more <laughs> like plutonic or saturnian because it's like in the shadows whereas neptune is like you don't really know if neptune is in the shadows it's like it's like a fog, or it's like a cloud of smoke. That's what Neptune is. Like, you can feel it, but you can't see it. You, even you if know, you do see it, it has to be in, like, a particular light to be seen. Can we talk about all the planets? Would you guys be up for it? Yeah, just, like, go through yeah, that. We can talk about... You want to talk about all of them? <laughs> we can do, like, a quick little I have so much it. to say. Okay. The sun is just your basic identity. It's your highest consciousness. It's what you project out to the world. It's the light that you give others. Wait, it's, it's your highest consciousness? Yeah, it's like the highest level of who you're supposed to be or whatever. Oh. Yeah, it's like your heart, it's your spirit. And I like to look at it, it's like how you take the inner stuff and push it outwards. Like what do you um, believe in? What do you hold on to? You know, what makes your heart, you know, brighten up and then that's how you push that upwards and then that becomes like how people perceive the moon is like emotions because it's very external your home your mother Mm -hmm. your childhood the way that you look at yourself the way that you comfort yourself the way that you eat i see so your flesh your skin it's primal it's more about tangible things (laughs) okay and next I remember the first thing I remember the first thing I heard about the moon that helped me understand it was the moon is how you help recover yourself. It's how you take Mm -hmm. in energy. The sun is how you expend energy. So, you know, you know, Taurus moon, having stability, having a good shelter, having just like a foundation in my life helps me feel okay. It helps me regain my energy. If my life, if the foundation of my life is chaotic, it would be kind of problematic. Yeah, because yeah. Taurus is about like financial security, yeah. just having foundational security. Mercury, life. my favorite planet. Oh yeah, Mercury, Sarah. Mercury is communication. Why am I the one? <laughs> you know it. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. 
Yo, that's communication. We, it's like we're elaborating. <laughs> Mercury is communication. It's how you sort the ideas in your head, um, you know, kind of organize thoughts in your head and then convert it to yeah, verbal processing behind communication, that. speaking, writing. The way you manage your life, um, schedule things together. Um, Mars, right. your sexual drive, your passion, your attraction. Um, what your motivation, your willpower. Mars is another planet that I really like because I think Aries, the or Aries, the um god behind Mars was just like such a warrior, such a king. Like, you know, even though he was a soldier first, like he really put his work first. He was about his labor and his actual practice and his craft and his skill. Um, and that kind of like sets Aries apart, I feel like, and Scorpio as well. Aries, a true king. Mm-hmm. A soldier, a warrior. Yeah, Mars. I like looking at Mars as it's it's a very raw feeling, you know. It's it's I feel like it's the feelings you feel when um you're feeling very dramatic emotions in a way. Uh so when you're angry, when you're sad, when you're upset, I feel like Mars kicks in because it's kind of like that instinctual feeling, uh what we kind of um revert to in order to yeah, process that's kind of like the primal feral events, feeling right? is, is mars um yeah next we Agreed. have jupiter oh venus oh i am so sorry venus, venus. oh <laughs> i'm gonna get a like a pimple right now i literally am gonna venus get a is so offended i need to right like, get roses asap <laughs> um yeah, Venus is Venice, all about love. Justice. It's all about beauty. Um, Sarah, uh, do, do you know? Do you know um, about the Aphrodite, myth of Venus? Kind of a little bit. You know how she was born out of Uranus's um, testicles or whatever. <gasps> wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, she was born from the sea foam, That's which is basically like sperm, I think. Um, and coming out of a pearl, like out of uh, mm -hmm. an oyster pearl. Um, and her glory and her beauty stopped sailors and, you know, Venus is just such a, it's such a necessary energy. And I feel like one thing I didn't know when I started astrology was that Venus can be related to like money affairs, uh, because it's related to luxury and like, you know, luxury, having luxurious items and, um, that's sort of, and how you your relationship with luxury your relationship with money how yeah, do you finances. interpret that and experience that and it's interesting all of these yeah. represent like i feel like very like mundane qualities of life in a way and all together it like shapes i'm stating the obvious here but so so jupiter jupiter all about yeah. expansion and indulgences and going overboard and justice as well, but like more so the higher educational process that goes into jurisdiction. Um, like bureaucracy? Yes, bureaucracy. Um, and also higher education. I think I said that. And travel and cultures. Jupiter is kind of like the teacher. It's like the professor of the Zodiac. Mm-hmm. Mm yeah. 
Yeah, I love thinking about Jupiter. I feel like one the two things of Jupiter that help me understand it more is the aspect of indulgence, that it's it's all about having a good time. It's all about having yeah. a fun time, but always having about a fun, happy time that they kind of like force it in a way and they like can spend and like Jupiter type people can overspend and like just want to have fun. And then that can get yeah. problematic in some sort of ways when you have to follow rules. Oh, is that sort um, of like certain things when you're yourself. full, but you want to keep eating? Yeah. And you're just like eating random stuff. Yes. Um. Yeah. And and then and then the yeah, whenever teaching, I think of Jupiter, teaching, like I in think, my mind, um, I think of like a crazy psychology professor that's like always high, but like knows everything about anything, and like always has like snacks on him. And then like Saturn, the principal, like looming behind him, like what are you doing? <laughs> I feel like Jupiter is sort of the vibe of the United States. Yeah. Interesting because uh, the United States Sibley chart has a Sagittarius rising, which is ruled by Jupiter. <laughs> which is which is Jupiter? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that overindulgence. Yeah. Interesting. I think this is like definitely an overarching statement, but just Sagittarius rising people tend to have addiction issues. Um, I don't know about that. I think that's an overgeneralization. You'd have to take the entire chart into consideration. Um. Mm-hmm. Sad risings are usually very optimistic, though, like overly optimistic, where it's like, okay, <laughs> things can't always work out that way. Very idealistic, basically. It's like a utopia fantasy. Which I is- understand Sagittarius to be like a sign of, um, this is just how I understand it, you know, but to be about consumption, like wanting to like take things in, like having like read everything or watched everything or like done everything been everywhere like I feel like a Sagittarius rising their Instagram page is like like every picture they're like up to something you know and it's like damn how did you get there like they're they're so interesting and Mm -hmm. I I get jealous of them a lot of the times because I'm like I wish I could have the capacity to just be in a lot of different places and talk to a lot of different people all at once. But I'm just I'm one way more See, like stable, I feel like, like direct, one to one type of person. But I don't get a picture. Like there's no way I'm getting a picture. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm actually the same way. I never yeah, take pictures. It's honestly like a double-edged sword being an influencer or like having like a (laughs) do you ever just hate being seen Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i dream of deleting all of my social media accounts and just Mm. not caring about what anyone thinks um you know, I, I have I have problems with people who just want to go in the woods because exactly. I'm like, we have a lot to do in this yeah. world. Why are you retreating? Retreating is really nice, though. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, a little retreat here and there. But I feel like people who just like say, I'm just going to remove myself from society. And I'm like, hey, look at all this. We yeah. have to solve. And, I, I will and say you have that talents and skills. I've met people who have spent like a really long time in like retreat settings, like decades. And they're different. Like, they can't do things that people who just go temporarily can do. And, you know, like, consciousness is like water. Like, they could definitely regain that. But it's like, like, going to the grocery store is like a challenge, you know? I don't know. Being spiritual or, like, spiritually minded and living in a city is like something else. 
like <laughs> like the stuff I go through on a daily basis here like I don't know what's the next planet what are we talking about Saturn which is I honestly think Saturn is one of the more spiritually <laughs> kind of planets a little bit more than Jupiter because Jupiter can like be in its like head too much or um want to like you know like you said consume like consume life and just like be happy and optimistic but Saturn is like the realistic like actual spirit asceticism stoicism taking life for what mm-hmm. it is like that realistic component um so Saturn is like a very necessary planet to balance these energies out um so yeah yeah Sarah loves Saturn you guys <laughs> which is why I love you too <laughs> Oh yeah, you have a. I. What's your Saturn placement? I respect Saturn. I'm not saying, but I know you. <laughs> My Saturn placement is just not good, but your guys's Aww. have like you guys both have very good Saturn placements, which is why I admire you both. Well, you can't admire someone for being born with something. You know, I mean, I guess can you? Like, I feel like it's like. That's an interesting thought, actually. Um, I think so. I feel like you can because it's not like you didn't like you didn't choose to be born that day. Well, I mean, I don't know. We could we could argue that. <laughs> or did you? <laughs> I mean, I guess like, Free will. karmically, it was like necessary for us to like inherit this Saturn placement at this time. But like that could be for like any number of reasons, you know. Like it doesn't have to be a good thing. I don't yeah. know. I think. I think something something you could even look at the aspects to understand like how big that presence is in your life anyway. In my family and in groups, it's always my job to like buy the tickets on my phone, you know, or like call the Uber or like whatever. And I really hate doing that. Like I hate it, but no one else is going to do it. You know, that's what I love about that sound placement (laughs) that you guys have. Yeah. Even though you don't want to, it's like the circumstances in your life yeah. have forced like, you to take it, on that responsibility. Yeah. I was talking about that with my sister, actually. And she was like, well, you may have that role, but my role is being the peacekeeper. And I don't like doing that either, but it's necessary. And that really got me thinking about how, like, everyone takes on something. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I feel like in, in, in my household, it's pretty interesting because my parents raised me different from my family because my family was raised with a lot of like violence in the household, but my parents chose not to hit me or like spank me or, um, and they were pretty lenient with me. I just never did anything with the freedom. I never like rebelled. I always followed the rules, even though I had so much space to do whatever I wanted to yeah they could argue my parents could argue that I rebelled in different ways because my parents parents wanted me to be like this handsome gentleman type of person who like was a doctor and they got an astrologer I remember yeah I remember it was it was I remember when my parents found something of me like talking to a guy and Mm -hmm that really hurt my mom's feelings i remember because i she like apparently had this certain picture of me like to be straight i guess and when she found that out i think that hurt her a lot and like what she imagined me to be or expected me to be and then after she died i was 
kind of like, all right, let me just do me. <laughs> I think Saturn I is a little yeah, bit but... like the rebellious one. I mean, in modern times, it's like Uranus, but usually people with like strong Saturn placements have to like do extra work to make the world work for them, which makes them rebels in certain ways, or it makes them seem sort of like off like unhinged but in reality it's like they're doing what they have to do to like stay in line and stay in order so well I guess like in the grand scheme of things though like order is such an illusion like everyone is trying to like hold on to something you know as the earth moves Mm -hmm. like the systems and governments and our money system and Mm -hmm. all of that socialization that we're constantly going through Mm mm-hmm Well, what's the next planet? I think it would be, oh yeah, we can do Pluto. Pluto's a little bit scary. I don't like talking about Pluto. Really? Why? Because Pluto is like (laughs) hell. I think Pluto's my favorite. It's the planet of death. Hey, and that's important. We need to learn how to work with Plutonian energy because once you work with Plutonian energy, Pluto squares energy, my sun you and squares my ascendant exactly. I know Pluto very well. <laughs> What's a square? Like a confrontation? <laughs> it's like a tension. Yeah. It has the nature of Mars, so it's like you're forced to work with that active energy. Um, and it's in my fourth house, so it's like something I was what raised is the, in. What is the energy? Kind of like constant endings, not really having a place to feel safe around. Um, Pluto also kind of represents like abusers and like manipulators and stuff. Mm. Anything good? Rebirth, transformation, release. And, and Plutonian people have lots of influence over people. They know how to really like control the variables of a situation. Yeah. Controlling in order, the narrative constantly. So they end up on top and at the like, end. Um, <laughs> I like how you turn it into something negative. The person. <laughs> Who's a Plutonian person? Say that again. A Plutonic person that I can think of at this moment. Um, I can't really think of anyone. I would say Bill Gates. But he's like in his little tower. Exactly. I keep I Oh yeah, Lil Peep was I keep thinking of Lil Peep. His, uh Sagittarius rising conjunct his Pluto. Oh yeah, he was very goth. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I aspire to be him. Lil Peep was one of like the best Not... artists like of our generation. <laughs> for sure. Really? really? I think so. I think so. I think like living that lifestyle, like definitely does something to you artistically but I don't think it's the answer I I think it's an answer but it's not like the answer creatively I think with plutonic energy comes with constant um um, transformation so I feel like that's like the energy style that like little people like engaged in was like constantly changing transforming warping around into different people Um, But Sarah, he died too soon to transform. Yeah. But but he had like a notable death as well, which is what Pluto also represents. Death. Mm. Inevitable. Endings. Permanent endings. 
I just aspire, like, I love when, like, creators, I would, I would classify musicians as creators. I, I love how when creators are just super real about the things that they go through. And I think his music allowed me to, like, understand that in another person and also, mm -hmm. like, related to my own experience and how I also dealt with, like, those feelings of loss and, like, feeling empty and, and basking in it, you know, and, and I do that personally like I'm an eighth houser uh, which is you know related to Scorpio Pluto energy and I have my I have a Scorpio north node which is ruled by Mars so I when when I encounter like a lot of transformation dark energy um I just dive right into it and I allow it to like envelop me until I mm -hmm. like Could you know you rise up from the ashes the like Phoenix. and like what that means to you Yeah, well, the eighth house is all about, you know, people say it's about, you know, intimacy, loss, trauma, right? We know those things. But what I look at the eighth house is, is the events in our life that have allowed that have not allowed us, but have forced us to encounter the truth of who we are, like the inner intimate parts of who we are. And usually with eighth house, eighth housers, they have a loss or some kind of duty that they have to kind of take care of uh, in the, in their household. It's it's they're forced to take care in of their it, household. They're forced to deal with it, forced to deal with the loss, which pushes them. I don't. Well, I think it's most. It ha it, it happens when you're a child, mostly like when you're younger. But um, uh, I don't. I don't think it has to be in the household per se. It can be you know. Uh, you know, a certain duty to the world that you have to take care of, or, you know, living in a time of crisis in like a different place, right? Um, it can be a lot of different things, but it's something that push that pushes you and forces you to go inward to the truth of who you are, raw. which is quite messy and quite, you know, yeah. um, I would like say the, the eighth yeah, house is and also Hellenistic astrologers talked about how planets in the eighth house had the possibility to be nullified meaning that like you're just not going to ever interact with those energies or those energies will be very secretive towards you or like they won't come up as often. Um, so I've seen that in people's charts as well, especially with Do like, you think it's, go ahead. I was going to say with like Saturn in the eighth house or um, Jupiter in the eighth house, like those people tend to live like longer lives. And I'm not saying that like it's a fact or anything, but I've, I've just seen that. That's something I've like observed. <laughs> Do you think it's a choice for something to be nullified, like in the houses? Um, I think it just depends on how the other energies of your chart are working out, like where the ruler of the eighth house is, for example, like the Lord of the eighth and what that's doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could also think about it in terms of interceptions. <laughs> Um, that's when, um, in your chart, uh, two houses swallow up the zodiac sign. So there's no house connected to a particular zodiac sign in systems like Placidus. It has to do with math that causes interceptions. But, you know, with interceptions, uh, what a lot of people do is they like to um, look at the rulers of the houses that are intercepted and see where those planets are. And in interceptions, sometimes the ruling planet is located in the intercepted house and so 
you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people read it in terms of energy. So like, where is that Pluto energy of the interception being located? Is it inside of the interception or is it inside, is it outside of a certain area? So if you have like the ruler of your interceptor house in the fourth house per se, you know, you want to look at the household in order to process that energy. You, you could process that energy in the home. And so like, even like that, you know, astrology and looking at your chart is like a puzzle and you kind of have to figure yeah. it out and solve it. It, it holds secrets. Um, and, and, and I think it offers ways to also be successful like um if you work with the energy of your chart you'll find more yes, the ultimate flow and success in your life okay do you guys want to answer some of my questions do you want to do neptune and uranus really quickly i will say like oh, my i forgot my quick fact about uranus or my quick like um interpretation of it is just the groundbreaker the record breaker the one that like um is weird and different and yeah, and then Neptune is just fantasy, like we talked about before. Illusion, celebrity, glamour. So you're... Yeah, I look at I look at Uranus a lot of the times as like Einstein, like a mad scientist type of vibe, uh, where they're kind of focused on a particular area or a particular topic, and they invest in it, they fixate on it, they study mm -hmm. it, they master it, they love it. Um, and then they become like an expert in that particular area and then they move on to the next thing. It sounds like Jupiter and Saturn to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's also about independence and it's a release, at yeah. least for me as an Aquarius, I, I, I you know, um, and in modern astrology, freedom. we look at Uranus ruling Aquarius, um, and yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Iranian people need their space, <laughs> but mm -hmm. they also love having something to hold on to as well. Or the most social placements? I would say Sagittarius. I could, I could see Libra. Well, also Libra's Gemini, quite, very talkative. Can be quite shy at times. Okay, but. yeah, Gemini proves astrology to me because they're like that. Like all of them. <laughs> no, I love them too. They are. I love Gemini so much. I'm a, I'm a Gemini rising in I'm Sidereal. A Gemini in the heaven, which I feel Do like. I have any? Um, no, but you have Mercury right on your ascendant, so you have like very Gemini-like traits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, in um, yeah, in Vedic astrology, I'm a Gemini. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys, do you think Vedic is similar to like Placidus yeah. and that it comes to the same conclusion? Yeah. Well, Vedic is strong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I was just going to make a, a distinction that Vedic astrology is sidereal astrology. So I just don't want anyone to mm -hmm. get confused. Like they read, um, it's mm -hmm. the same thing. Then there's tropical astrology, right? But um you know, uh, some people say that, uh, you know, sidereal slash Vedic astrology is um, who you actually are and that tropical astrology is how you I think Vedic is like a very world. like cultural thing, though, because it stems from like a kind of like a religion from my understanding of Vedic astrology because they use like the nakshatras and um, all of that type of stuff. And there's also sidereal, which like sometimes sidereal astrology isn't Vedic astrology. So I, they're like not interchangeable. 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm not an expert, but I've had my Vedic chart done like a, like quite a few times and I felt like the readings were always like pointed more towards my my ascension, you know, like my like process forward like whereas I think like the tropical readings are more like I want to say more abstract, honestly. Like, it's like, so what do you want to know about, you know? Yeah, I okay. don't really know too much about Vedic. I have some questions. I, I want to, I feel like we should just do these, like, sit fire, kind of. Okay. So, which sign is the best to right, rapid be fire. friends with? Like, the best friend. Cancer for me. <laughs> wow. Uh, cancer. <laughs> Yes, because they're very trustworthy. They're very and loyal. If people. A cancer yeah. doesn't like someone. When you they have will a cancer, you have wolves and chariots after them, just like <laughs> Artemis did. Yeah, that's kind of true. Um, what's the best sign for doing drugs with? Scorpio. <laughs> Sagittarius. Yeah, I mean, I guess that depends on your experience. I would say Aquarius. Yeah, it depends what sort of like. <laughs> situation you want to be in um which sign is the best to marry i would say libra because they're all about Cap partnerships and union capricorn yeah they're gonna take care of you you know i was gonna yeah. say capricorn too and I maybe it's just, I'm just biased, but I, I love acts of service. Like, give me a gift. Like, mm -hmm. do something for me. Sacrifice your um, energy, and I'll love you forever. What's the best sign for revenge? Yeah, Scorpio. Scorpio. Um, which sign is the best to keep a secret? Pisces, because they'll forget about it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Um, which sign is the best to have sex with? Hmm. I would, I honestly, I might be biased, but I'm going to say Pisces just because Venus is exalted in Pisces and Mars has triplicity with Pisces. Um, that would be my delineation. But like from a personal perspective, Leo. <laughs> Because they're like vitality and heart, and they. Have I was like gonna say Leo too. <laughs> and you know why? It's because they have yes. they have their ego to lose in the bedroom. You know, like mm -hmm. their confidence yeah. relies on their performance say, in the bedroom. I was gonna say Sagittarius. So you know it's gonna be good. Yeah, they're like they're doing the splits, like <laughs> exotic born yeah. energy. Sagittarius, you know. They could, yeah. Yes, good yeah. assets. Good assets to, have, to give. What's the best sign to go into good business assets. with? Capricorn or Taurus? I just, I think the thing about Capricorn is like, if you were to go into business with them, you'd be like working for them, you know? Yeah, that is true. They're really good at delegation as well. Mm. I would say Gemini. Oh, yeah. Good yeah, sales Because you need a good talker. You need someone who can, uh, you know, look at the details. Do you guys have any signs that you feel like, like for me with Capricorns, I feel like I understand them and like can work with their energy really effectively. Like, do you have 
Paris like that? I would say Scorpio just because um, like all of my family members have one or more planets in Scorpio. So I can just really understand like where they're coming from and they don't really have to like explain their extremism to me. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Sean? Oh, yeah, me neither. I, I yes, don't um, remember the question. <laughs> what sign you feel like you understand the best besides your own? Oh. Pisces, really? Pisces. Isn't there? Yeah. Isn't there a meme them, about so. like Pisces? They're so misunderstood. Like, that's like sort of a thing for people. I don't understand why though. Yeah, they say like, Pisces. Why, I've never, well, I've had friends that are Pisces man or whatever, but they've never done me wrong. Maybe because they know it's like not to fuck with me because I know their energy. You know what? Maybe it's because they're like airheaded or aloof. Like they might like text somebody or like talk to someone while they're in a relationship and not look at it as a bad thing. And then they're like, wait, what do you mean? That was, you didn't yeah, like I that. Didn't see and that. They might get caught I up also, in that type of way. They're liars. But they're liars they're because liars. Neptune is about deception. So they could be classic. <laughs> they could, well, they, I feel like they could be good at lying. Because you know Virgo is opposite of Pisces, and Sarah, you know Virgo has. Lie? I think Virgos are great liars. <laughs> I used to a lot. I've actually made a conscious decision <laughs> never to lie. Like I had to like come to that conclusion because I would lie so much when I was like younger and stuff. I would just like say the most randomest stuff, and people would believe me. So I just like kind of went on with it. But now, like I literally had to just be like, I need to stop. Like this is an addiction. <laughs> yeah, I mean sometimes it's fun to like. Make it's so up. fun, exactly. And like my other fish side of me like laughs with it. You know, it's like a little game. I can't handle it. I I can't keep up with lies. I'll get yeah. caught up in a lie so I told easily. my boyfriend, we live in Philadelphia. I, I told him that Ben Franklin lives in the city hall. Mm-hmm. And he like, he like told my mom and she was like, what is he talking about? What's the most gullible sign? I feel like Sagittarius is very gullible. Yeah, I think so too. I'm pretty gullible. Like, we were talking about QAnon at the beginning of this, and, like, I used to have a job where, like, my coworker was, I don't want to say he, like, was QAnon, but he was really into it. And I was, like, listening to him talk about this all day because, you know, those people, they talk about it all day. And I was, like, he kind of is making some points. (laughs) And then you have to, like, pull yourself out of it and be like, oh, God, this is not. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What's the most likely sign to join a cult? Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> or Scorpio or um, maybe Gemini. I Aries. Or Libra, yeah. Should all of Libras. Um, <laughs> most likely sign to be a politician? Libra. Yeah, I can see that. Oh my oh, god. Yeah, like have you seen Judge Judy's chart? Yeah. Is it Judge Judy? Yeah. She's so interesting. Because she has all Libra placements for um, anyone who doesn't know. Placements. What do you mean? Like any notable figures who have the same sun, moon, and rising? Um, I can't think of any like off the top of my head. Oh. Um oh I just lost it. 
I was gonna say Kim Kardashian and someone else, but I forgot who her chart reminds me of. I really like Paris Hilton's chart though. Kim is a triple Libra. No, Kim is a Pisces moon, Libra, Sun, Sag rising. Oh my bad. Her chart ruler is in Scorpio. Which is interesting. Um a question that I'm getting a lot from the followers, the listeners, um, whoever you may be, is one, what is the significance of uh, Chiron? Is that how you say it? Chiron? Chiron. Uh, Chiron, and like, what's it teaching? And yeah, I guess we'll start with that one. Um, have you guys watched Hercules? I know about it. Heard of him. Okay, so like in Hercules, um, like in the animated <laughs> yeah. Disney film, there's a little centaur and his name's Chiron and he basically like beats Hercules a lot and he like makes them super strong. Like that's Chiron. It's like something that will like traumatize you and make you a stronger person because of it. It's like your little trainer or like your mentor. Mm-hmm. My Chiron is in Scorpio, exactly opposite Where's my your Chiron? What does that mean for you? Um, kind of that I'm constantly working with emotional, emotionally sensitive topics, I would say. Especially because it's aspecting my Mercury as well. So that my mental state goes there quite often. Yeah, my Chiron's in the fourth house. Um, and I feel like it's attributed to like taking care of my mom while she was sick growing up. Because my Karen's also in Virgo, so um, it's like the, the ultimate healer placement well. or the ultimate fixer. For like similar but with a twist. Yeah. Um, it also the the story about oh. Karen reminds me of this Buddhist story. Um, there was this like total like criminal and murderer Milarepa, and he like way long ago, and he was exposed to Buddhism, and he was like. I need to work really hard to become enlightened, like extra hard because I'm like a thief and a murderer. And so then this, the only guy he would teach him was this guy named Marpa. And Marpa was so mean to him. Like he would make Milarepa build an entire tower and then he would like knock it down and he'd be like, start over and he'd hit him. And it was like, because of that, that Milarepa was able to become enlightened, like because he was able to like see through his crimes. That's a good story that can be like integrated with Chiron as well, in my opinion. Yeah, it's like karmic credit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what they say? Uh, what I've heard is that they're like, oh, you can't heal your own Chiron trauma. Yeah, because Chiron in mythology, others. he like got both of his legs cut off. And like he was in so much agony and pain all the time, but he couldn't die because that was his curse was he was immortal. So, like, um, he, like, begged, I think it was either Saturn or Jupiter to, like, kill him. And they said no or whatever. And that was, like, his curse. I don't know. There's more to that story. I think he did end up dying, but it was tragic. I've been having this thought recently. Like, I think there's sort of, like, a general, like, collective idea that, like, one of the, like, points of life is to heal your trauma. Like, to, like, get over your trauma. And, like, one, realizing in myself that, like, I probably will never heal it, quote-unquote. Like, it's never going to be separate from me. Mm -hmm. And two, like, okay, you know, the word trauma is used so much to describe so many different things. But, like, if I'm crossing the street and someone, like, yells at me from their car, 
like that is just like the smallest like shard of trauma like the tiniest crumb being like added into my like cake of trauma and like I feel like every day like our experiences and our interactions and our processes with others were like creating more trauma or like accruing trauma depending on like our circumstances and our like upbringing whatever and so maybe the point isn't to like overcome it but just like become it you know like like get to a place where like it doesn't bother you like it can just like join you yeah like you are perfect exactly who you are including your trauma that comes with you is perfect as well mm-hmm. I know I and I'm like do you think that you can transmute the trauma and like what does what does healing trauma look like in that sure I mean that's that a pretty like framework nebulous like it's going to be different for everyone right like depending on what like it is for them um I think like the most like general thing I could say about that is just like introspection you know and being like present with it um when it arises or when like the pain associates associated with it arises like not pushing it away not trying to like hide it make it disappear like welcoming it being there with it um going through it like being friends with it almost like I try to be there for it in the way it's there for me you know because it is like a reaction that our body has to keep us safe you know and to help us and like I don't know does that answer your question yeah and I think um you know I think having that soft gentle relationship but also this mutual partnership um that you have with your trauma like you are a partner with your trauma working on stuff and your trauma is pushing you to you know um, encounter certain things deal with certain things and feel certain emotions um and I think that once you work with your trauma and once you have a soft relationship with it where it doesn't cause you guilt or doesn't cause you shame maybe that is healing trauma that was always hard for me when I was younger is like I would tell someone I was close with about something I was going through and like they would treat me different afterwards. Do you know what I mean? Like, like they would like learn that and be kind of like, oh, what the fuck? You know, like, like a distance would operate that like hadn't been there before or at least not like tangibly. I I think like other people like once you understand what someone has been through it's kind of like impossible to treat them the same way as you were previously because like a new solution has been made from both of the energies colliding like their energy is colliding with your trauma at that point because now they're absorbing it and they're understanding you better but I think like the more people that you talk about and like the more you express like what you've been through like the better because the more energies are involved to uplift you Um, even though like you have to be very careful with who you tell obviously your stuff too but yeah I agree and I think that it I feel like it's hard for me to understand that because I'm a very like independent like um selfish person in a way and so when it comes to healing through like community rather than like self-healing right um it's difficult for me because I feel like it's hard for me to feel accepted or like welcomed or included by a certain like group or a certain community because mm-hmm. I feel like I was ostracized my whole life. 
and and I feel like that's why it's really awesome to have like a platform you know on social media because I can I can make my own family I can make my own community um and I and and when I do talk about like my hurts and my traumas with like my audience um everybody's there for me and everybody says sends me prayers sends me you know good energy healing energy and i see it working in my life you know i i, I once i do get support from the community um certain of life events mm -hmm. come come to come to solution um oh, like very quickly afterwards um and more people reach out to me to take care of me when i do express myself um, but it's, it's still hard for me to do it because I think sometimes I even think about like, am I, I think I struggle with like value and worth and it's like, am I worth? Yeah. That's why like, um, Aquarius is in detriment like, with the sun also. A, like a lack of identity. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. Yeah. yeah, but it's also very beautiful Especially because you're able house. to cultivate an energy <laughs> that is so powerfully unique. I think that my power comes from me trying new ways of life and just experiencing life differently. And like stepping outside the box is really important for me because I feel like I can, I feel like I, I grew up a rule follower. But now me breaking rules is like a form of mm -hmm. learning my, learning who I am, which could explain the sudden detriment. I know for me, I also, I maybe most um, people feel like this, but I also was like super isolated growing up. Like I, I would just go like weeks without speaking, like in middle school and like feeling like, like very alone in that. And like, I think I, I became very comfortable in that you know in like being ostracized and like doing my own thing and being okay with that and that's sort of what the platform is like for me is I feel like I can like show them that I have that and like like not be like afraid of my inner world you know and like what that looks like and like the practices I have like discovered through it um but at the same time I've sort of made peace like I don't think I'll ever be like taken care of or like understood or like I'm never gonna have like I'm never gonna be like seen in a way that I think I used to really desire and I've like reached a point where I'm just sort of okay with that like it's not really something I need anymore it's a little different I think I'm really private online honestly like I don't share like most things <laughs> Oh my god, I share me crying. Well, some people do that. I'd be crying on social media. I, I mean, I'm scared to even, like, talk on TikTok. Like, because I used to talk and I get so many comments, like, her voice is so weird. Or, like, I love you. Like, everyone has something to say, you know? Like, everyone has something to say about everything. And it's, like, I would just rather, like, not give them something to speak on. I don't know. The... The podcast has been hard with that. Well, I, I, I'll tell you something, how I look at it, being like a fifth houser, which is all about expressing yourself. It's like your inner child, your inner creativity. And the way that I look at the fifth house and how I challenge myself to just express myself is I look at it like an art show. Like, um, you know, 
when you express yourself, when you put the intimate parts of yourself out for display, it's almost like an art show. <laughs> and when you have an art show, people come to look, people give feedback, people give critique. And that can be a hard experience because you could be sensitive to feedback because these are the intimate parts of yourself that you're putting out for display. Um, but what I've noticed, and, and you know, what I do, what I do is I just express myself. I just put myself out there. I'm like, I, you know, if I'm not doing anything wrong, and this is a this is a challenge for me to step outside my box, express myself, and 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 understand a new part of how I express myself. I'm gonna do it, and once I just started doing that as a challenge, not as like a way for like, this is who I am. It's just like, let me challenge myself. You just, I, I, I feel like I stepped into like a, a next level of self-confidence where it was more about me. It was more about me showing the world who I am. Um, and that is mm -hmm. probably the biggest gift that you can give to the world. I think it's really painful to be seen do you feel that way like when you feel oh my god entirely do you like, have 12 house entirely. placements is that just me then is that like a 12 house <laughs> yeah oh my gosh you guys because with my my teacher yeah. like the main thing about it that was so like devastating is I just felt like he saw me and like like I saw everything like everything I had ever done everything I had ever been like my past lives like my mind like he could see everything and like loved me in spite of it and I was just like a wreck like all the time like I lived with him for a year and like every time he was like near me like within four feet of me I would be like loudly crying like it was so embarrassing but is that is that a 12 house thing then to be like that makes sense not wanting to be seen right yeah I know that you don't have to answer that <laughs> the subconscious. 12 house has to do with hidden things so it's a um and I feel like it's also like the house of the hermit, you know, so it's like the type of person who goes to their house, their home, they retreat, they process, they think a lot, and then they go back out into the world and express mm -hmm. themselves. And then they go back inside to like process, you know, so it's like this, this back and forth process of like experiencing world, then understanding what that is, processing that. So, you know, 12 houses, but in terms of being seen, I feel like 12 houses do like to be seen sometimes yeah. like i mean you have a platform well, <laughs> so you like to be seen in some sort of way i didn't want but, to have a platform like it was never something i like like hoped to have it just sort of like happened and i was i felt like i was like playing with it i was like okay like my karma has granted me this like what's going on with it and like it's sort of it's like given me a way to survive in this world for sure and like i think because of that it's important and like I'm sure when I'm older, I'll be able to look at it and understand, like, what it meant for me and, like, where it led me. Um, but honestly, yeah, I have a life where I don't really leave the house. I don't really, like, see anyone. And, like, three times a day, I'm on my phone, like, you know? It's really interesting. I mean, I guess I, I do podcasts, too, and I answer questions, but it does feel very removed, you know? Like, I'm, like, in my room, you know? Oh, for sure. But I think that's sure. I mean, something to offer to the world. I think you can do anything as long as you have a good intention. You know, like, you could be, like, a CEO as long as your intention, like, is truly to, like, benefit beings. Then, like, go do that and benefit beings, you know?
And I like your content because I feel like it brings me back to awareness. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm like, oh, yeah, Yeah. that's what life is all about. I forgot. Yeah, I get lost in the matrix of it all. You know, honestly, this is like my confession, but like anytime someone like says something nice to me about it, I'm like, oh, why are they lying? (laughs) Like, like immediately, like someone, and okay, maybe not 100% of the time, you know, I have some like really great, like, interactions with followers but like if I get like a message I'll be like why are they saying this to me like <laughs> I don't know but if someone says something mean you know it's like devastating no, I, really, I get scared <laughs> it's like yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need to defend my whole reputation <laughs> you know yeah um, have you guys had any really like crazy interactions Mm-hmm. Oh, with people online. Um. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I, I. This is really interesting. I feel like sometimes people who follow people, they mm-hmm. feel like they own them in some sort of way, you know. And th- then they start to like project onto you and start to like make judgments on you when they know nothing about your life, and you know you can post about something really intimate and deep, and then they take that to like get revenge on you and it's just like people get so attached to just my my character on social media like who I am on social media and then they cross boundaries in my real life which is like so uncomfortable because I value my boundaries so much and me me being on social media is like me going against my own boundaries (laughs) like I'm giving a piece of my life to you as a way to help, you know, the collective. I mean, but I think it's also different for you guys because you like, what you like, video chat with followers, you know, to give readings. Oh. I personally don't, but yeah, that's actually one of the main reasons I don't because yeah. it's so much energy. I'm like a seventh exchange. houser completely, so I love talking to people, creating conversation, dialogue. I just love people. Like, I'm in love with the human, the the idea of being human. I know for me, like, I definitely have times where it's, like, painful for me to, like, speak, you know? Like, I, like, do not want to, like, put anything, I have nothing to say, you know? But, like, I sort of have to, to, like, keep the flow going. But I don't think that's going to be a thing for me that much longer. I just have a feeling... But, like, I do feel that way with social media. It's like, okay, let me post, like, uh, you know. Yeah, everything is constantly changing, like, even yourself. Like, one day you don't want to do anything, and the next day you're, like, so motivated to do that thing. It's, like, it's a constant kind of, like, you know, life is always constantly moving, just like the planets, as above, so below. This one time I was at a party, and, like, I think, like, someone there followed me. Oh, yeah, you know what's the worst thing? When someone starts playing your videos in front of you. I, like, I don't know why someone would do that. But everyone, you know, they're like, oh, like, this one's pretty funny that you did in October, you know? Oh gosh, I, yeah. I can't even be in a dating app anymore. Yeah. I've only Because they one. all know me. And that was it. <laughs> For some reason. Oh, I've had... I've gotten recognized in public twice. I, I want to say I've had, like, five or six where they've, like, come up to me and this one girl, like, grabbed me from behind 
and like she was like really big and strong and she like grabbed me and I was like walking and it was no it was terrible and then she like she was like I love hugs sorry like and then she hugged me oh my god I hate it It was so bad I get really scared though meeting people I'm like hi yeah that's like Mm -hmm. I don't know what to say Uh, they're like you're the astrology person i'm like yeah. yep that's me when i like saw someone like <laughs> recognized me like a cashier and i was like selling clothes at like the place that i was at and like they only took like three of my items or whatever so i had to like take this huge bin like back to my car and i it was just like the most awkward thing ever because i had like my bags everywhere and then she was like okay bye and i had to like pick it up and i don't know it was just like please don't remember this like please forget about my existence it was just like embarrassing so yeah I hate performing like physical labor in front of people oh I know it's yeah yeah I feel like when I'm doing astrology consultations I feel like I'm doing that but like I feel like it's okay like I can take it like I'm okay with being humiliated and that's on my Pisces stellium with astrology consultations yeah because they're like waiting for me to like say something to them or like, you know what I mean? It's like I'm doing like literal mathematics in my mind right now. Like chill. Um, but, it's, but I feel it's like so they like that also. Yeah. Yeah. Like they like, people just like to see other people work when they're not yeah. working. Which I don't mind yeah. at all. Like I don't have any opinion on that. It's just a fact that I've realized in life. Oh, I have a hard time with that. Like if someone's like baking my sandwich and they're really busy, I'm like, Dan, let me help you. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, I can make the latte myself. Like I'll give you the money. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When we, when we moved into this place, it was like in a really bad way and we hired cleaners and we were like with them, like on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I hired a cleaner recently and they barely like oh, really? clean as as much as I wanted them to clean. Like they didn't really. I paid two hundred dollars for them to clean for like three hours, and like they barely like. Well, they clean, but they didn't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted everything perfect. Mm. Like I have a Virgo, I see, so yeah, like I want sure. it to be spotless. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if I pay for it, and I hate cleaning. Actually, I hate cleaning. I do clean, obviously, but I hate like the labor of cleaning i hate doing physical labor as well like i'm the type of person to just pay people to do all of my See, physical I labor like, like squatting down um, and like picking things up like i like doing that just like when i'm alone you know i like moving my objects around too you know like picking things yeah. up and like putting them down i also i i probably have like 20 things and so like putting them where i want them to be is like <laughs> cathartic <laughs> yeah you're really clean sarah yeah, I'm, a, I'm like a very intense germaphobe, actually, um, which is like, I feel like no one really knows that about me, but a lot of like my really close friends, like they understand like when I get in like that headspace where like I have to just get my hand sanitizer out and like start cleaning my car or like something like that, like they'll, they'll understand. Um, and when COVID happened, it was like really, really bad, but it's like something I've worked with my entire life. So I'm pretty good with it now, but I am like really clean, like you guys can come over and see how clean I am. But it's just like a thing. And I think that's my Virgo rising conjunct my Rahu or North node, like just makes me like speculate. And like, I can literally like see the germs on things sometimes like on my pens and stuff. And like, I have to like get a wipe and like wipe it down every single time. So wait, if Virgo is my North node, does that mean I should like become more clean? 
Yeah, but you have to have a balance as well with Piscean energy. And people say that Pisces is like the most dirty sign because it's like opposite mm-hmm. from Virgo. And I like do not believe in that at all because I know a lot of Pisces who are like like me in certain ways, like very, very clean. Yeah. Mm-mm. Pisces always have clean rooms and they have... No, they have beautiful rooms. They always have like pink and purple and glittery stuff in their room. It's like lumpy and dusty. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's full of like haunted dolls. Really? She's the other fish. (laughs) She's a different type of fish. That's a different type of Pisces. I'm like an orca. (laughs) That's a different type of Pisces. Like that's that's like the 12th house energy Pisces. um yeah but i don't know i i I feel like i suck at interior design like i just not good at it at all this is a thing for me actually like if i have clutter or i have like too many things i get anxious like i just like sit in a room thinking like how quickly i could like clear out of there you know yeah honestly maybe i need to work on that but i just like i love throwing things away giving things away like i like can't have like too much I don't know I kind of like moving because it's such a reckoning with your belongings you know like seeing everything and being like oh my god like the things she carried you know yeah I feel like I'm a natural hoarder not a, not a real full-blown hoarder obviously um but I feel like I collect and save things I tend to, to collect Towards and save things, things. But I feel like as I've gotten older, especially it's important as like my Scorpio North node, like to just get rid of things and get rid of Sean, what's I have a question. old and to just burn it all. This is like so true I like for try to throw stuff that I know yeah. in real life. Yeah. We all have like a box of like our important intimate items. Do you have a box? <laughs> Taurus Moon. <laughs> I do. It's it's usually a drawer. It's usually a drawer with. Because, like, I need to keep all, like, all of my, like, really special objects in, yeah. in one place like, or else I'm going to Like, what objects are special? Honestly. Like, your passport? So, yeah. Honestly, as a cancer yeah, rising, for me, it's, for like, me, it's movie like, special or keepsakes it's like, um, and... Things like that that I have. Or, like, <laughs> notes. I keep every single note that anyone has written me. Like, birthday notes and stuff like that. Or Christmas cards. In a box. Oh my god, where do you box. store your birthday cards? <laughs> yeah, when you get birthday cards. Box. Yeah, and that's like, where you store them, right? People die, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like even if they didn't even write anything, you like can't throw it out. My my boyfriend's a Taurus rising, mm, and yeah. I feel like this is an interesting like manifestation or like externalization of the the keepsake box as he makes these collages out of like significant items. I don't know. I just, I, you know, it's like taking it and like putting it together. Yeah. You're looking for the name of that? A oh, light box? I thought you were talking about a, like a light box thing. You know those things? Oh. Like they put like oh, little yeah, keepsakes kind of in like off. a glass frame. <laughs> yeah. Like um, <sighs> this guy framed his t-shirt because it was the t-shirt he met his wife in. I don't know. He like I was like okay, you know. I mean, you know, people look. Life is like people should do whatever they yeah. need to do to like stay like alive and well, you know. Mm. Well, this has been such a long episode, but I feel like 
it was really interesting. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, thank you for sticking around. Um, I'm going to draw a tarot card just like for anyone who's listening right now. If you've made it this far. Four of Pentacles, overprotective, save your money and don't share. You heard it, guys. Save your money. You heard it here first. Oh my gosh. Venus yes. retrograde, Mercury retrograde coming up. Is that is that a hold on finances? Yeah, that's just take care of your finances. Just keep okay. an eye on the numbers, you know. Well, I hope well, you're think about that. Good night. Bye. Bye.